There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right, welcome to the Dark Delight Show. I'm your host, Jim Price, here on WYSL. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Gosh, Lee, Lil, look at the whole world coming apart. The wheels on the bus are falling off. They're not just going round and round, but they're uh, coming off the bus all the way. Uh, we do have our guest with us today, um, Dr. Kirk Elliott. Are you there? I'm here. How are you, Jim? Doing good this morning, sir. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, uh, everything's doing great. Well, I'm not even sure why you're calling in. I mean, the economy's humming along. Uh, yellow trucking closed down on Monday. We're everything's great. So what? What? What's the problem? I don't. I don't see an issue here. I mean, nobody's I buying either. our bonds. A, We're doing great. Yeah, this is this is going to be a really short interview because there's nothing going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so Just, so literally, yeah. okay. This is probably what I'm about to say is is a news that that nobody's really going to cover in detail, but it might be massive in its implications. Um, right. And that is Fitch, the credit reporting agency, just downgraded U.S. long-term rating um, to AA plus from AAA. Okay, hmm. so what is the ramifications of that? So imagine if you're a bond buyer, right? You can either buy U.S. Treasury bonds, which are AAA, or you can buy junk bonds, right? And what's, right. what's the nature of a junk bond? Well, they have a really high yield, a really high interest rate. Because you need to reward the investor for a very risky investment, right? It's like, well, there's a good chance this company is not going to make it, you know, the next couple of months. So we're going to give you 15% interest instead of maybe the prevailing 3% on a, on a U.S. Treasury, right? So mm-hmm. the, the, the lower the grade, the higher the interest rates that it's going to have to require to get people to invest in it. So the U.S. was downgraded this is insane to me because how in the world can you be the reserve currency of the world you know the the basically the best currency that there is and and be downgraded and the answer is you can't <laughs> you can't so i think right. this is like a foreshadowing of of what they are preparing people for which is a world without the us dollar as the world's reserve currency because it simply can't be. If they had to downgrade it, it's not the strongest currency in the world anymore. They're going somewhere else, probably to the BRICS nations uh, with their currency that's going to be backed by gold. Anywhere but a country that has a treasury where their bonds don't even have the highest rating anymore. I mean, this is a big, this is a big deal. So, so all of this coming at a time when when the Fed is saying, you know what, we can start tapering on our interest rate growth. We can put a pause on it maybe after September uh, because we've won the battle on inflation. It's like, nope, not anymore. Not that we've been downgraded. I think that that theory has to go the way of the dodo bird because they're going to have to continue to raise rates now that they've been downgraded. I think this has detrimental impact on, on the U.S. economy. Right. Oh, absolutely. I can't believe that we've actually allowed this to happen to our own country 
we, we, what are we doing here? I mean, this is, I, I, you can't say this is, this is accidental. You can't say that we didn't know. This wasn't because of a hurricane or an earthquake. It wasn't because of an astro stri- uh, astro, um, asteroid strike. This is all self, uh, self-imposed self mutilation. I mean, we're doing this to ourselves, aren't we? Well, we are doing it to ourselves. And, and people are, are calling me, like hundreds of people calling our office every single day, Jim. And right. And they're, they're gripped with fear, and they're thinking, man, how this is all happening so fast. It's like everything's like, it's like, wait a second, pause. <laughs> this isn't happening all that fast. This has been going on right. for decades, right? And we're just now starting to see the fruit grow on that tree where these, these roots of debt have been growing under the ground, kind of unseen for so long. Um, and the inflationary pressures are now just catching up with us, right? And so... Right. So you look at what happened during June and July, for example. In June, the deficit grew by $690 billion. In July, about another $360 billion. So, so that's a trillion dollars of debt growth in the last two months. So multiply that times six to get us 12 months. We're on pace to add $6 trillion to our U.S. debt over the next 12 months. That's the pace that we're on. It's like, right. oh, my word. So think about that. We started this country in 1776 um, right. with zero debt. I mean, we didn't have, on day one, when we were just babies as a country, we didn't have time to spend like drunken sailors yet, right? So our right, debt right. was We had to practice up for that. <laughs> yeah. But now, 250 plus years later, we're at $32 trillion. So $6 trillion in in a 12-month span, which is what we're on pace for, Oh, okay, we're we're on pace to actually at six trillion dollars a year, multiply that times five, that gets us to thirty trillion. We're we're gonna get to in five years what took us over two hundred and fifty years to accumulate before this. This is the acceleration of debt that we're seeing. And now the estimates from this morning, just literally this morning, I read a report that the global not even not even derivatives debt, just regular debt throughout the world is hovering at around three quadrillion dollars. It's like, oh, what? my word, three quadrillion. <laughs> That's, I, it's like, wait a second, this must be That's a typo. That's a thing? Worth three, that kind of money already? Three quadrillion? Yeah. Three quadrillion when you add up all government debt, corporate yeah. debt, personal debt, bank debt, you know, around the globe. I mean, yeah. I thought it was a typo. It's like, okay, this doesn't have a B or a T after it for billion or trillion. It's a Q. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Quadrillion, that's a big number, right? And oh, yeah. so, so that's where the global debt sits right now is, is in the quadrillions. Imagine when this debt bubble bursts. This is like the mother of all bubbles. This is the debt bubble of all time. We're not talking about subprime lending from 2009. We're not talking about a, a tech stock bubble in 2000. We're talking about a, a debt bubble that's like, the, the 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 Moab, right? The mother of all bubbles, right? It, it's like right. this is going to be devastating as as debt starts to implode because that's going to affect interest rates. It's going to affect banks who now aren't right. going to be paid back all their borrowers that have borrowed money from banks. It's like we're going to see bank failures like nothing we've ever seen. I mean, this debt it, we've hit the point of critical mass, and it's it's kind of like too late. You just have to. 
you just have to let the cycle keep going, right? And and so mm-hmm. this is where it ends, though, is is in a complete implosion. Oh yeah. Well, uh, now you're talking about this whole thing, like all these this stuff that we're talking about, like quadrillion. I, I didn't think I was ever going to have that statement or that word used in my lifetime. I really thought I thought trillion was kind of the the bridge too far for me. But aren't we seeing some things going on with banks buying massive amounts of gold? Isn't there something going on, on the backside that we're not seeing on the regular news? Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at what's happening with central banks. We're not we're not talking about regular banks here. We're we're talking about central banks for countries that are buying gold by the thousands of tons, by the hundreds of tons. I mean, just just last month you know, there was over six central banks that bought, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 tons of gold in one month, right? We're, we're not talking about ounces or even pounds. We're talking right. about tons of, of gold. And to what end? I mean, I thought that their cryptocurrency, their central bank digital currency was the end-all, be-all, and it's going to be this amazing thing. But yet, they're saying that out of one side of their mouth, but yet on the other side of the mouth, they're saying, all right, well, we're, we're, we're buying gold by the hundreds or thousands of tons. What's the real answer? Well, I, I, you know, you and I and Josh have talked about this numerous times. I wouldn't listen to what they say. I would actually watch what they do because that their actions are going to tell the real story. Well, they're backing up their currency. They're backing up their, their banking system with gold. For one of two reasons. First reason might be, well, they're going to use that as the carrot, the dangling carrot to entice people into their central bank digital currency system. Or they realize maybe the central bank digital currency system isn't going to have the attractiveness and the allure that they thought it was going to have. And it's not going to last. And, but they still want to be the world's reserve currency. So they're backing up their currency with gold. I mean, either one, the net result is there's tons and hundreds of tons and thousands of tons being being accumulated by some of these central banks around the globe. Right. Wow. This is, I mean, this is going to continue to be, I mean, what, what does it do to my, okay, let me ask you a quick question. And we're getting ready to go to the commercial break. I guess you'll have to answer this when we come back. But the idea is, okay, let's say, you know, you go into my checking account, there's like $19 in there. I don't know, maybe maybe 18 I don't know what it is today. What does it really mean to me as an individual if all these banks and this quadrillion you're talking about, all this pops? What happens to my $19, $18, whatever it is I got in my checking account? What does it happen to the average man? And that's a question when we get back from our commercial break, I want you to talk about it a little bit because that's what we're here for. The small guy with the 100 bucks a checking account, what's going to happen to him and his family? All right, guys, we have a commercial break coming up. We'll be right back. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Welcome back to WYSL Dark Delight Show. Your host, Jim Price. Uh, Josh is still on vacation. He'll be back tomorrow. So you got me today. Uh, we've got a two-hour show. We do have Kurt, Dr. Kirk Elliott with us right now. We're talking about money, right? The thing that makes the world go round. That little thing. Uh, money is the root of all evil. And look at the evil that we have proliferating our earth now. Uh, let me ask you a question, uh, doctor, what's the guy with a hundred bucks? He's got a few more bucks than I do. I got like 18, 19 bucks in my checking account today. What happens when this whole thing goes pop to the average guy? Well, you're going to see that the, the public policy result is going to be 
what they always do, right? They're going to try to raise taxes to generate more revenue as the economy mm-hmm. comes to a screeching halt, right? And it's like policymakers say, wait a second, we have all this debt, we have this entitlement, we have welfare, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, we have to, to fund education, we have to fund our military, we have to do all this. Well, there's not going to be enough money there, right? So their, their mm-hmm. propensity is to do one of two things and probably both, raise taxes, to think that they'll generate more income, or B, just print their way out of it, because that's like a hidden tax, right? It's not, doesn't come with as bad of a stigma, right, as as raising taxes. But yet, the end result is the same, because what is the end result of raising taxes? Oh, it means you have less money at the end of every month to spend. What's the end result of rising inflation, which is what printing money is? Oh, you don't have as much money to spend, because your dollar doesn't go as far as it used to. End result is right. the same. So the person who has 18 or $19 in their bank account, you know, it, I think that it's going to be the equivalent of having half that. But it just depends on how bad the inflation gets. But we're, we're at a point now that we've, we've lost our reserve currency status as a nation. See, we've been able to print money like there's no tomorrow because we have a built-in demand for our currency. You know, with petrodollar, with all oil settlements being traded in U.S. dollars, with all international transactions being traded in U.S. dollars between countries, right? That was the international financial order through Bretton Woods um, in 1944 Mm -hmm. made the U.S. dollar the reserve currency. Meaning, if you're Argentina and you're buying something from Saudi Arabia, you're not paying for it with your Argentinian currency. You're paying for it with the U.S. dollar. Right, that's supposed to add stability to the financial system. Well, just last week, all that got uprooted because the the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, said, "Hey, any country that owes another country any debt, you don't have to pay for it in U.S. dollars anymore." Um, But they didn't say you just pay for it in your own currency either. They said use the renminbi. It's like, (laughs) okay, the renminbi. This is insanity because that's the Chinese internal currency. So if you live in China, you're not using the yuan. That's their externally traded currency. You're using the renminbi. It's their version of the dollar. If you're buying groceries or gas or anything, that's what you use. So what are they saying by that? They're, they're, the international monetary order um, is basically saying, hey, we're trying to build up the BRICS community. We're trying to build up China for them to be the world's reserve currency and move into this central bank digital currency system. To do that, we need to basically kick the U.S. dollar out of the sandbox. They can't be in there, right, because we're having a new monetary order. So just this, this weekend, um, we're, we're seeing movement in that direction away from anything cash-denominated, dollar-denominated, um, as Sam Altman, the, the founder of, of basically open AP, open artificial intelligence, right? He started the world coin. And now over around in the United Kingdom and in Japan over the weekend, right. they've got these stupid orbs, these, these kiosks that have this circle thing on it, like the, the Eye of Sauron from the, from the um, Hobbit movies, right? So, right? so they've got this thing, and it reads your retina. And so people are lined up for blocks, literally for blocks to get their retina scanned to be part of this world coin, this new digital currency. It's like, don't do it. Seriously, don't. 
you're, you're giving Aren't they your guaranteeing them like two thousand a month or something? Well, are they not? Are they're, they're not guaranteeing them universal basic income yet, but they're they're giving them free cryptocurrency just to do it. It's like the bait, uh, right? It's like yeah. Uh-huh. So so that's happening. Then you had Barclays Bank, one of the larger banks in in England, basically saying we're we're actually going down the social credit scoring system. Um, and we're going to basically use people's social credit score to open up an account or basically our justification to close an account. It's like, what? Right. So, so how does that differ from your normal credit score? Oh, it brings in ideology. It's not just are you making your payments on time, it's who you're making your payments to. What are you spending your money on? If we don't like it, we're going to cut you off. Well, J.P. Right. Morgan Chase in America did that last week with Dr. Mercola. You know, the, the health doctor, you know, the, the natural doctor who has, um, you know, said things that aren't, aren't favorable towards vaccines. <laughs> well, well, because of that, not only him, but his CFO, his CEO, his company, the, all their spouses and their kids got shut off from J.P. Morgan Chase because right. of their ideology. Right. So there should be no shock to anybody who's been listening to the show for a while. Because we've talked about it over the last year about how ideology is going to be the, the, the divorce from you and your, and your money. Well, why is it not a shock? Because they said it in their own words. In the Federal Register in 2020, the, the Federal Reserve docket, OP1670, added a new definition of money other than a unit right. of exchange and a hold of value. They said it's also about social control. It's like, okay... They said it, not me. Now, three years later, it's all about social control. So they're telegraphing and projecting everything that they're doing. That's why it's not a surprise to me. It's just hurtful to people when they, when they think, they, well, how did this happen? Well, because really, we, we let it happen is how it happened. Right. Well, and again, that's, uh, we didn't stand a, a post, right? We weren't good sentinels of our future and what was going on. And there was no accountability. I, but let me ask you a quick question. Isn't there supposed to be some things built into this whole system as checks and balances? Who's the guy that's not managing the ledger right now? I mean, are they managing it or are they purposely not managing it? I think they're purposefully not managing it. Now, because if you create chaos and disruption and uncertainty and turbulence, I mean, you're going to get to a point where people will just want change. And what are they wanting? The unified ledger, this is what's coming. They might not want it, but this is what they're going to get when they don't hold people's feet to the fire who's supposed to manage the ledger now, right? So the unified ledger puts all of your assets into one compartmentalized bucket that is now programmable and that they can change ownership of. This is the scary Orwellian world that we're moving into. Right. Wow. Well, and that's a real that's a real thing when we talk about and, and that's and I've asked you this question several times over the last year, at least, is that, you know, when they go into this, you can have a million tokens or a million coins or a million whatevers. But if they change the value of your million coins, well, you can you can only buy a cheeseburger with it that day. And the guy who has 10 coins can buy two houses with it, just depending on right. what the value of their currency is. And that's that I think what that's a little more nefarious version of it. And yeah, I know we got the idea of we can shut things off. Um, we've all been there at the, the dinner table or the grocery store and the card's not swiping. It won't work right or whatever. And you're like, you know, 
what's the deal? It's got, I got money in the bank or there's a zero balance on that uh, credit card. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you get a notice two hours later. Oh, were you trying to make a purchase at the grocery store? Yeah, you jerk. (laughs) So imagine what that would be like if your whole life just shut down. You're trying to pay the electric bill because they shut you off, but they don't want you. You don't have, quote unquote, enough money to be able to pay your electric bill. Right. That's a scary, scary world to live in. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, it's the unknown, right? Okay, here's the thing, Kurt. If I come up and smack you in the face, I obviously expect to see a response, right? There's going to be a give and take. You know, if I push you, you're going to push me, whatever, right? We're going to exchange some pushes, right? But the thing at this whole entity, it's kind of like Facebook. Have you you ever talked to anybody at Facebook? Is there a customer service? Is there anybody you can go in there and say, hey, why'd you take my stuff? (laughs) Why'd you take my account? Why'd you do all that? Well, this is the same fear I think we all should really have is who do you call when your CBDCs don't work? Are they going to have a 1-800 number and some guy, hello, I would like to help you about your CBDC today, but you do have no value, so thank you very much. Click. What am I supposed to do then? I got no money. But I have money, yeah. but I don't have money. But I don't have an answer either. So what do I put in a, a customer service request and hope somebody gets back to me? The AI figures out my complaint. This is that's the terrifying part of I think this whole thing. No, that is that is the terrifying part, especially when they're not giving answers as to why. I mean, you can ask yeah. why'd you shut down my account? Well, they're not giving answers because they they really can't. So so when you add all of this up, you've got Barclays, you've got J.P. Morgan Chase, you've got NatWest Bank in the United Kingdom, you've got all these banks that are starting to cut people off from their bank accounts with no rational reason as to why. You know, although mm-hmm. uh, they, they, they were told in England when Nigel Farage was, was given a 40-page dossier, oh, it's because you supported Trump. Oh, because your views on vaccine. Oh, it's because your views on, on you know, zero carbon emissions. Oh, it's because your views on Russia and on Brexit, right? They actually told them. It's like, wow. They actually right. told somebody. I mean, this, so, so I, but I think they wanted people to know. I think they yeah. wanted people to know how mean they are because they want to have people under their thumb of control. It's like, you better not get out of line because look what happened to, to Nigel Farage, very prominent conservative politician in the UK. It could happen right. to you too, right? So I think that's the message yeah. they wanted to get across. Oh, absolutely. No, uh, Kirk, I thank you so much. Hey, how do we get a hold of you um, if we want to switch out some silver or gold for some of our 401ks or stuff? How do we get a hold of you? Uh, just give us a call, 720-605-3900, and just say, Josh and Jim sent me. Sounds great. No, that'd be awesome, awesome. guys. If you want uh, Kirk to help you out with your future here, be a part of the solution, not part of uh, the victimization, right? Thank you, Kurt, so much. We'll talk to you next week, buddy. You bet. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to WYSL. We've got a commercial break coming up. We'll be right back. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back to the Dr. Light Show. I'm your host, Joe Jim Price. Thank you so much for being on WYSL Middays. I know some of this is not going to let your food digest the way you hope, so we're going to try to to make you feel better, right? That's what we're here. We just want to make you feel better. I just want you guys not to worry and just pat your little head. Now, let me give you guys something here, and this is getting a little bit in the, you know, this is the part where some people might get uncomfortable with the conversation, but let me let me explain something to you that I don't think you guys are quite picking up. What was the best way to control human beings in any situation? What is or what was, what is now and forever in the future, 
What is the best way to manipulate or coerce people to do things? Fear. Well, we also know that fear works in a vibration that is exceptionally lower than what we are. Like it really drags us down. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, sugar intake or caffeine or, you know, certain starches, certain carbohydrates, certain things, certain foods. You'd be surprised. I'm always amazed by this. I even do this myself. No, 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 no. Listen, guys, I'm not pointing my finger at you while three are pointing back at me and one's, you know, giving me the thumbs up here that, you know, you're the problem. No, I, I, I face this as well. Okay. I go and I'll go and get a, a, some Oreos, you know, or, you know, be at the grocery store and pick up a, a box of chocolate cake donuts. You know, there's uh, uh, or I, or I would be, you know, or going down the chip aisle like, oh man, I got to get me some pretzels or whatever it is. Right. What I'm, what I am always amazed by is I, I know that eating these things, there's going to be an absolute physical response. Now, if you were to take a big shot, let's say a big tumbler glass of whiskey, which is about four or five shots, you just swallowed it down. It's going to be a little burning. Your mouth's going to feel it. Your brain's going to feel it. You're going to notice it's going to be hot. It's going to be gas. And you know that there's going to be a physical response to that. Why do you believe if you put pretzels in your face that there's no physical response to that? Why is it if you put Oreos that have nothing but chemicals made in it, there's no actual real cookie or real convection sugar or any of that, right? I know when I eat that Oreo that it's just junk. But I'm always, I don't know why I'm surprised, and I am always surprised. I'm like, well, I don't know if I feel that great. Well, I'm feeling kind of tired. I'm a little lethargic today. I'm not myself. I'm not at my peak. Well, what I'm talking about is how you, not only do you want to, when you practice, let's say, I know I'm bringing a lot of analogies on here once, but let's say you're practicing for jiu-jitsu or hockey or baseball or whatever it is, right? You're going to go in, you're going to take a lot of punches, you're going to take a lot of hits, you're going to take a lot of shots, you're going to do a lot of this and that, right? And you know that there's a little bit of a pain, you got to work your way up and you got to get better, okay? And I know that I've got to do that and I know you got to do that. One of the things that I've always that I'm always surprised by is like, yeah, I'm sitting here working, trying to get better, doing all these things, but I know I will regress and go put other things in my body. Well, then my body has to work to get those out. The simple part of it is, guys, I do believe that alcohol is a poison. And I'm not saying that because I've never drank. I'm not saying that because I've never gotten drunk. I'm not saying that because I haven't thrown up drinking. I mean, I've done all those things. Um but what I'm saying is that we, get, we always get so surprised that when we put sugars in our body, where you're like, oh, I don't know why I'm just, you know, there's just, oh, there's just so much, just so much going on today. I just can't deal with it. And like, well, you're pounding down all this refined sugar or you're putting all these chemicals in your body. What do you think is going to happen when you put those things into your body? And then the same thing is like, you know, when you, you want to challenge yourself, so you bring in ideas into your brain, you bring in thoughts, you bring in things, so you better prepare yourself for the fight coming up, right? No different than practicing for jiu-jitsu or hockey or whatever it is. So you you challenge yourself. You put yourself in weird situations. You, you're trying to adapt and overcome so that when in the game, it becomes natural. It's second nature. When you think about how when you put food in your body and you're doing these things, you're ingesting water. I'm now at the point where I'm working on structured water. I'm not only working with alkaline water in a copper cup, but now I'm working on structured water, meaning that I am actually trying to put water back to what it originally was 
prior to the government putting chemicals and estrogens and birth controls and depressants and all these other things in our sewer systems and then regurgitating it back in through a water filtration system and then giving it back to us. Okay? I want you to think about this. When you think about food coming in your body, when you think about water coming in your body, when you think about thoughts coming into your brain, you're going to have a physical response. You're going to have an emotional response. You're going to have a a psychological response. Now, emotions and psychological, I mean, you got to think of the emotions are your feelings. I have feelings. I have feelings. I'm emotional today. And then you have the psychological responses to which you walk up to someone, you reach your hand out. Their natural response is to reach their hand out as well and shake your hand. Those are things that we do psychologically. We don't realize these are patterns, okay? These are things that our minds are doing for us. These are not thoughts. These are actions. What I want you to, the reason I'm saying all these different things, and I'm kind of, it sounds like I'm beating around the bush, but I'm really not. I, I'm, I'm saying all these things because I want you to think about this. When I say you are a battery, you are frequency, you are a wavelength, you are a bandwidth, you are you, your energy, but you, you are your thoughts. And what are thoughts? What is that? What is the observation of your mind? of your body and the world around you. Here's what I'm getting with all this. Your frequency, what you put in your heart, what you think of inside yourself, what you think of the world around you is exactly what it's going to be because you're telling your observer what to think, how to think, what to put the information through first as it's being brought into you. Food, water, thought, okay? So when we, you think about how this whole world has been spent the last, I don't know, forever, let's just do that, that they've been dealing in fear. They've been dealing with things of the unknown. They're, they've been telling you, well, if you go into this little wooden closet and you tell your sins to this guy who happens to know you and you're telling him about all the bad thoughts in your head and the things that you did and that you kicked the dog or whatever it is, uh, that you'll get to go to heaven because this guy is going to pray you through. You know, but if you're not doing your thing, well, this guy might not pray you through. But if you don't tithe, well, this guy might not pray you through. I, I, and, and I worry about things like that, right? Because that's a fear tactic. That's fearful. Just like the Pope decided that there's no more purgatory. Well, how can he just decide one day that there's just no more purgatory? Oh, because he's directly connected to God. But the problem with that is, is that how does that make you better? How does that make you actually get to be better and be a better human being to the rest of us. That's a fear tactic. Well, you know, you got to do this. You got to do that. Well, hey, don't worry about purgatory, but you got to do this instead. Or you got to do that instead. See, these are these are manipulations. And a lot of times, and I say a lot of times, all of the times in our religions, quote unquote religions, I'm not talking about your connection to God. I'm not talking about all that stuff, but I'm talking about the the structure, the business of church. The business of church is keeping your butts in the seat so you tithe so they can keep the building going and they keep perpetuating the, the religion, right? But they do a lot of those things through fear. You know, hell and damnation, you know, fire and brimstone. But then there's the churches that are like, oh, you won't die. Oh, there's really not hell. You just come on in and hang out here. So your fear of hell makes you go to a church that's like, nah, there's no hell. Because you don't want to, you don't want to believe in something that has that, right? But this is all based back into fear. And I understand that there is consequences with everything we do. But what I'm trying to point out to you is your food, 
your water, your environment, your emotions, your thoughts, those things create vibrations. And where are you in those vibrations? Where are you in that frequency? We talk about frequencies all the time on the show. We talk about all these things. I talk about it a lot. Josh doesn't talk about as much as I do, but I do like talking about this. I do believe, and I am seeing the proof and positive in my life. I'm seeing it in my own life. I'm not sitting here telling you guys, hey, I read this book when I was on the airplane. I got it out of the, you know, the little uh, the airport bookstore, and I just thought it was really great. It talked about frequencies, you know, it's great. No, I'm telling you guys, I've been on a path of my own. And I'm not saying this path started last Tuesday. I'm saying this is decades and this is the, my entire life. My entire existence has got me to today. All the experiences of my childhood, all the experiences of my, you know, my teenage years and my young adult years, and as I raised my kids and all those things have brought me to here. But I am seeing the proof that if you actually put in positive thoughts into you, you think of the world around you as positive. And I'm telling you, yeah, there's a lot of evil. I, I don't want you to go blindly into the night and think you're not going to stub your toe. But what I do say is that when you see the bad, find the good. When you see the, the horrific, when you see the abuse, when you see those things, when you see the currency falling apart, when you see they're poisoning our food and our water and our air and all this other stuff, find the positive. See, for me, I have now, I have now become, I have now become, I have become so much more in tune with things around me than I ever thought I could be. I didn't think I was going to be this gay, but I have become now an environmentalist. I am now a humanitarian. I am now a guy who wants to put his feet in the dirt and have gardens and, and chickens and, and, you know, hang out and, and do nature stuff. And I'm not saying I want to go, you know, I'm not doing the whole I'm a play homeless thing. But at the same time, I'm looking at things differently now. And you can do that as well with your daily life. And yes, I say I'm an environmentalist. I'm not the environmentalist that are running around there going, oh, the world's burning down. We're all going to die. I'm the environmentalist that says, no, I know he's full of crap. And I, here's the actual truth. CO2 is what we need to grow trees and plants and all those things. We need, we need firewood ash to put into our vegetable garden right before we plant the pot, uh, plants in there and put some worms in there, put a little sand in there, then put your tomato plant on top of there and then tell me what your tomato plant does this next year. Same thing with your corn, same thing with your potatoes, same thing with your, your squashes and your cantaloupes and your watermelons and whatever, your beans and your jalapenos. You want to see your stuff become amazing and so flavorful you can't even understand what you're tasting? See, that's where I've gone back to. See, all of this crap that they've done to me, I mean, I was a better living through science through chemistry guy. I was, give me a pill, doc. You know, I, that's who I was. I never, I never was this, I was not a guy who worried about drinking out of copper cups or structured water. You know, I've done huge water projects to, I've done two foot water mains, high pressure water mains. I've done all kinds of fuel sending units. I've done all, I've done, I've actually worked on biodiesel, bio, uh, on cetane, on uh, ethanol plants, all these different research projects I've done. I've done a lot of stuff, guys. So I've seen the other sides and I would still work in that industry. I would still do those things. But I'm going to tell you, I would look at them differently than I look at them now. I used to say, well, just pour, you know, just whatever. Just go, just dig a hole, let's go. Now I'm thinking about how do we make refineries work with the environment around them? Why don't refineries have trees? Why don't you plant trees in your own yard? 
Why aren't we planting trees along our freeways so trucks quit tipping over from high wind loads? Or RVs flipping over in high wind loads? Or snow banks being built because there is, there's drifts across the freeways? Why aren't we putting trees up so that the, when the wind's blowing and the rain's coming down, that we don't notice it because the trees are covering the paths of our roads? Why aren't we building, why aren't we planting trees, not, not dwarf trees, but real trees? Why aren't we doing all those things? Because we're too busy living in fear and low vibration. We're too busy running around trying to chase things that they have created for us so that we cannot understand that our higher power is in us. Remember, when you knock at the door, I will, I, I, I you know, um, said, I lock, when I knock at the door, you open the door, I will come in. Jesus is in your heart. God is inside of you. All you got to look is inside of you. Your answers are there. You don't have to go looking everywhere else. You don't have to live in their fear. All right, guys, we've got a commercial break coming up here on the WYSL. I'm your host, Jim Price. Be right back. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dark Delight Show. Thank you guys so much for being here this first hour of your lunch break. So, guys, uh, understand we do have a two-hour today, so don't go anywhere. I know you guys are stuck talking about, you know, getting back to work, but we get an extra hour a day. Hang in there. Um, as we go through this whole thing, I want you guys to understand what I'm saying here. Cotton fabric on your body actually resonates at a zero with your body. doesn't do anything to it. It actually kind of harmonizes with your... So real cotton does that. But then linen, which is made from flax fibers, flax, I don't know if you guys know what flax is, but flaxseed is also good about regulating the estrogens for women and other things. But flaxseed is really good for you. But what I'm going to say is that flax or linen, linen actually raises you, raises your positivity, raises your frequency, raises you into a better state. But let me give you something why those things are important when I talk about how they were dealing in fear. And I'm going to get, I'm going to, get to the environment here in just about two seconds here. But let me tell you how they lived, got you guys to, to live or exist in fear. Did you know that lycra, uh, nylon, polyester, plastic clothes, the stretchy stuff, the stuff that you put on, that plastic pants, that you yoga pants and all those other things, those are actually resonating at a negative frequency. They are tearing down your body's immune system. But what does a cell phone do? What does a tablet do? What does Wi-Fi do? What does you know other uh, radio frequencies do? What I'm trying to point out to you is they have been living, getting you to live in a base of fear. Now, let me show you how this works. Let me show you how this works. I've got an article right here that's going to cause you to feel imbalanced. You're going to feel odd. You're going to feel like things don't really make a lot of sense in your brain because they're going to contradict themselves. Oh, yeah. Here it goes. Climate change activists consistently warn of a so-called doomsday is in the near future. Just like, uh, was it, uh, Carrie said that we were going to be, a, New York was going to be underwater like 10 years ago. And then Greta Thunberg said five years ago and five years we're going to be underwater. Remember that whole thing? Those dummies? Anyway, they don't, even, they don't even apologize. That's really how arrogant they are. They don't even, like, you know, hey, I screwed up, guys. But we do have to take care of things. No, I get it. You know, no, I get it. Anyway, let's moving on here. Uh, so, our harmfully, uh, um, let's see, in the near future, our harming efforts to tackle the current situation, there is no existential threat to humanity, according to Professor Jim Seek, the newly elected head of uh, United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC. Another dang acronym. God dang it. Okay, so this is what this guy is saying. 
that there is no existential threat. There's no ex- there's no threat to the existence to humanity. Existential sounds amazing. It just means to exist. Your existence, human existence. Uh, Mr. Seek made the comments during the interview with major uh, with a major German news outlet over the weekend, just days after he was elected to the new role of the international panel, which monitors and assesses the science related to climate change. If you consistently communicate the message that we are all doomed to exist, then that paralyzes people and prevents them from taking the necessary steps to get a grip on climate change. You see how they're doing it? He's telling you there is no climate change, but then he's pulling it back. This is the back. This is where, where you can't feel co- moving the goalpost. Remember all these analogies here, all these words we use? If you, uh, so it goes on elsewhere. Mr. Seek, um, who has over 40 years experience in climate science, stressed the global temperatures increasing by more than 1.5 degrees Celsius compared to pre-industrial area does not pose an existential threat to humanity. By the way, let me ask you something real quick, guys. Well, supposedly we have all these digital thermostats. We got all these digital thermometers. We got all these digital climate reading apparatuses all over the globe. But remember, they always take the temperature in the middle of the runways at the airport, at the hottest part of your city. In the middle of where all the concrete is at is where they take the ambient temperature of your city. Not in the cornfield next to it, not in the wheat field, not down the street, not near, near your garden. No, no, no. They take it at the concrete part called airport. Anyway, um, so the idea that this is how they do, they keep things moving, they keep you inconsistent, they keep you, you know, you're like, I don't know which way, I don't know who to punch, I don't know which, I'm, I'm, uh, uh. this is how they do it, all right? The, by the way, guys, there has been no uh, notable increase at all. And by the way, when we were taking measurements back in 1850 and 1870, supposedly like in Wichita, in 1850, the temperature was today, you know, 98 degrees. Well, we were using mercury thermometers on a piece of wood back then. And how do I know that that little piece of mercury that's inside that little piece of mineral inside of that little glass tube is actually calibrated accurately? Or it's sitting on that little plank of wood with the little hash marks that says 10 degrees, 20 degrees, 30 degrees, 40 degrees, 50 degrees, right? How do I know? How do I know that that the little staples was holding the thermometer on that piece of wood really accurately? How do I know that that wasn't sitting in the sun? How do I know the guy wasn't holding it in his hand and causing it to raise 10 degrees? How do I know that there wasn't a wind blowing on it? How do I know what that mercury was actually calibrated to? What what digital thermometer was he going off of? At what time of day was that guy checking that digital thermometer or that digital thermometer, the mercury thermometer, to make sure that he knew how to record today's temperature? And at what time did he do it? Does he do it by the minute? Does he do it by the 10 minute, half hour, hour? What does it mean at 12 o'clock noon, 12, at, at 12 midnight? Which way is it? Guys, do you see where they keep talking about how, oh, over the last hundred years, you know, we, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it sounds like that cook from the, the Muppet movie, or the Muppet show. This is the dumbest stuff I've ever heard, guys. You actually believe that some dude with a mercury thermometer sitting in Wichita, Kansas, or Rochester, New York, back in the 1800s, had the idea, like, oh, crap, what time is it? Oh, it's coming up on 1 o'clock. I, I got to hurry, and I got to get the temperature. Oh, I forgot today. Oh, I was running a little late. I'm sick. Oh, the dog bit me. Are you sure that guy didn't just write it down? Are you sure? Are you sure that he wrote down, like, partly cloudy, but what he meant by partly cloudy was, like, two clouds in the sky? Or does partly cloudy mean that you can barely see the sun? 
or you can see a lot of the sun or mostly sunny. See, but mostly sunny could be partly cloudy to somebody or partly cloudy could be mostly sunny. I mean, what? Guys, this is where I don't understand why we keep saying that we can go back through the annals of history and say, oh, we know exactly how hot it was 10,000 years ago. We know even though the continents have been moving, even though the poles have shifted, even though that the, the, even the magnetic fields have flipped on the earth a few times, we know 10,000 years ago exactly what it was in Wichita, Kansas, or in London, or in Dubai, or in Beijing, China. We know, right? We know because we took polar samples from the ice shelves and said that, yes, we can measure down, and we know exactly how hot it was because there were gases existent at the poles and those gases then tell us exactly what wichita kansas was ten thousand years ago this is what they're trying to get you to believe this is what they're inferring to your head they're trying to get you to now you know why you don't feel good about this now you understand why they're keeping you off balance because it's about frequency this dude dr seek i don't know if it's sika or s-k-e-a i don't know what his name is i don't care either if he's an environmentalist in this way, I don't want to hear him because I have to contradict him. I have to go out and do my research to prove that he doesn't know what he's talking about. But this whole thing, this whole thing is, is coming back around on us. It's boomeranging back around on us. And we know that they're lying to us. We know that this is all fake. But this is where I tell you guys, listen, when you believe in their lies, when you fall for their currency traps, when you fall for the chemicals and the uneasy feelings and the anxiety and all these other things that you get from the foods and the, and the news and the, 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 the radio waves and all the other stuff that are bombarding with you every day. See, remember, guys, they're trying to get you. Defend yourself. Be the difference makers. You guys have all the answers. And if you have questions, talk to me. I'll help you out. All right, guys. I got this is the end of our first hour here on WYSL, the Dark Delight Show. Don't go anywhere. We got one more hour. Extended Mondays and Wednesdays at WYSL. We'll be right back here in just a few minutes. There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Dark Delight Show. I'm your host, Jim Price, here. Uh, Josh is off today. He be, should be back tomorrow. He was in Utah uh, vacationing. So, guys, thank you so much for being on the Dark Delight Show. I know that first hour, you know, we talked about the finances. We talked about your frequency. talked about putting things in your body and who you are, what you are. Guys, I don't know, I don't know how much more I got to do that, I, you know, like I said, I'm on my path. I started out with, let's see, what did I really start out with? I started out with a probiotic. And that was back in like 2014. And so over the last nine years, nine years, I have been working on my body, getting my life back. I started on uh, a probiotic, getting my gut right because I had had my gut. My stomach was killing me all the time. 
And so I, I started, well, I actually started with Kiefer. My chiropractor said, well, have you ever heard about Kiefer and this and that? And I said, well, what's Kiefer? And Kiefer was actually uh, milk, that goat's milk that was put into goat's bladders. And the Roman soldiers would ride around with this goat's milk in their goat's bladders, and it would ferment. It would turn into kind of like a, 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 not cottage cheese, but more of a yogurt. And it would ferment in there. And then these guys were a lot phys- you know, physically stronger, mentally more aware, uh, just lived a better life. And basically, they tied that back. So anyway, I started looking into probiotics and did all that. So I've been on a path myself. And I want you guys to understand that I have been trying, trying to get myself you know, on a better path to do things so I can actually you know, be a better human being all the way through. So uh, these are just these are things I wanted to tell you about. I want you guys to know about this stuff. Uh, there are some things out there in the world around us. Let's there. Remember that, that fat girl. Oh, wait, I should not supposed to say that. Uh, remember the, uh, let's see, larger than me or larger than you plus size girl. I don't, what are we supposed to call that? Anyway, Lizzo, you know, that performer Lizzo that supposedly took the uh, crystal flute and, uh, danced around in some, uh, share like outfit where she had this, like, I don't know. There's a picture of her on this article, and it is, ah, ugh, anyway. She's now being sued for sexual harassment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so then I'm trying to give you guys, you know, hey, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> you know, it takes a little while for it to come around, but Lizzo, the one who dis- disgraced the uh, the crystal flute and all that other stuff and, and just really made an, an ass of herself, well, she's now being sued by several of her dancers, and uh, the dancers are claiming that they were asked to uh, catch projectiles out of uh, the, the bonus hole for women. By the way, women, we're not allowed to call it anything else. You know, because we, you know, we're all politically correct here. It's the bonus hole. We don't call it anything else. You guys aren't women. You guys aren't. You guys aren't mothers. You're birthing persons, right? Remember that whole thing. Well, anyway, the article goes on. It's it's pretty uh, pretty detailed. It talks about how they were actually told to retrieve things from other women to talk about their uh, exploits and others exploits this and that and so there's a whole article here on this it was actually kind of kind of like it, it's very much hollywood it's very much the whole the depravity of things right and hey guys i understand we all have sex i get it i'm not i'm not telling you not to i'm telling you if anything we should be we should be happy to do that more often because it makes us better people the chemical and emotional and physical responses that go on with that is actually very important. But these people are putting it into a way that it's just not, it's not fun for all anymore, right? So these women who are part of this dance team with Lizzo, the the uh, the big girl uh, that everybody thinks is cool, or whatever, that walks around in these little, remember that whole uh, share, uh, that share video where she was on the, the Navy ship and all that, and she was in that little, that little see-through thing with the V-stripe thing that went down to her mommy parts down there. Remember that? Well, Lizzo has a version of that on. So let me tell you who wore it better. Neither of them. I don't think it's attractive on either of them. So that's that's how I feel about it. Uh, anyway, to see that she's going, you know, so people are going to push back against her. Now, do I think this is probably part of a money grab? Probably. And this is some disgruntled employees? Probably. Where Was this sexual stuff going on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I think it's just going to come around. We'll we'll see how it goes down. I don't know uh, if she's going to be punished for it, if it'll actually come out, or if they'll ever talk about it again. But this is what's going on now. Um, I I do know that we were. I was going to try to see. Uh, I know you guys got some stuff going on with your election. Oh, by the way, 
how many of you guys went out? I, I, we had primary elections in Wichita, Kansas yesterday. And so I went out and voted for an at-large school board member and the potential mayor in my city. Those are the two things I got to vote for in my ballot. Other parts of the city and the state around Kansas got to vote for other things, but that was what was available in Cedric County. And uh, anyway, I don't know. You guys are watching your primaries. Make sure you go out and vote in your primaries. We have to overwhelm these machines. We have to go out and do more than what they're doing. We have to be greater than them in reality, not the art of war where they say they're greater than they are. We have to prove that we're greater. And guys, so I had a I had a uh, an, uh, an election yesterday or a primary, and I really thought the establishment player was going to get the nomination to go into the mayoral race. But uh, the one person, I, I'm, I don't like either one of them that made it through. So that probably is fine as well. But I really thought that there was another guy that was going to step up, step up. But he may be tapped for a Sedgwick County commissioner's seat, which will be up for election next year. So this is what happens in these elections. City of Wichita, and guys, I'm going off this because I know these facts were at the top of my head. It's not that I don't, not you guys' elections aren't important. But I'm just going to give you, which this happens in in blue and then red Kansas, super conservative Kansas, right? Oh yeah, super conservative, my butt. Anyway, um, did you know that like the mayor? So we have about we have five over five hundred thousand people in Wichita proper. Uh, now the metro area is closer to a million with all the s- suburbs and all that, and that's disputed because it depends on how big you think the metro area is. <laughs> people. Uh, anyway, in these off-year elections like this, this mayoral race, less than 5% of the entire Wichita population will vote for the, the mayor's position. Not the mayor who won, but total votes. Total votes of the mayor's race in the city of Wichita will be less than 5% of the population of Wichita. Not registered voters. I'm saying the entire... Because here, here's the thing. Just because I'm a registered voter doesn't mean that he's my mayor and you're not a registered voter, so he's not your mayor. Every single human being that's in the city of Wichita, okay, that's your mayor. Whether you voted for that individual or not, but less than 5% of the people vote for 100% of the people. Do you see how we keep getting screwed around? Do you see why elections are really important? Now, I know New York and Pennsylvania and, and Michigan and some other places had 110, 120, 130% turnout, which is amazing that you guys had over 100% people vote. Well, the other extra 20 or 30% people, that's not, a, that's not fraud. Extra 20 or 30% is not fraud, guys. That, that's, just, that's just voting. That's how voting works, right? Jeez. <laughs> so this is how, this, is how the, this lunacy works for us, right? Uh, Dave, uh, we got a caller. Dave, are you there from Rockport? Yeah, yeah, we're here. Um, hey, uh, the Sorry. Lizzo conversation after lunch, that's just a little too much. But I'm thinking if <laughs> I'm trying to keep you on a diet, a new diet, buddy, because I saw that picture of her. <laughs> she's oh, a there's girl certain clothes that she has a great personality. Yeah, she's a nice <laughs> girl. Yeah, she's got an excellent yeah. personality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. Uh, hey, uh, All right, you know, so you, you, what's up? You, You've given me a lot of pointers, and well, not just me, but everybody who listens, um, on nutrition and things like that, supplements, et cetera. Um, but my buddy just brought something up to me last week. He's been on a carnivore diet, and uh-huh. I'm curious as to what your opinion is. He eats, like, no vegetables, no carbs, just meat. 
Yeah. Um, if you're trying to recover from like inflammation or any types of uh, depression or other things like that, or you have a real, you're having some real physical issues. If you want to shock yourself into recovery, absolutely. Uh, water, salt, and red meat only. No chicken, no pork, just red meat only. So that means you can do like elk and deer and things like that. But um, there is a huge, uh, Dr. Peterson is on this diet right now. Uh, he's been on it for several years. The reason that you're questioning the vegetable part, I still eat vegetables, but I eat them in moderation. And I think if we actually looked into the science of what vegetables are, most vegetables were eating the, um, the seed of it. And so it has certain tenons and other things in there to help protect the seed. So it goes into the ground and creates a new plant, right? Well, right. that is a bit of a toxin to us. So if we eat broccoli, we're, we're, for, we're foraging around and we see some broccoli and we eat broccoli, our body's going to handle it pretty, pretty okay, right? But if you're eating five pounds of broccoli a month, I don't think that's what your body was intended. I don't think it was God intended because we have the availabilities that we used to we have now that we never had before. I think we are introducing way too many vegetables, way too many carbs, way too many sugars into our diet. So if we flipped the food pyramid upside down, I think that our health would um, uh, immensely increase and we would feel a lot better emotionally, less stress, less anxiety, things like that. What do you think? Well, it's, it's odd that you put it in that context because he's actually having some issues. Um, we won't mention what, but yeah, right. this this diet is like you say, they're not more of a shock thing into recovery. And, yeah, uh, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, but like, once yeah. again, please keep the Lizzo conversation. Like you know, <laughs> not during the digestive tract era. <laughs> I understand, man. Well, it's uh, it's the news. We have to get the news out there, right? That's the important <laughs> stuff. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for calling in, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a good day. You too, buddy. Bye. Well, guys, yeah, that's uh, that's the Lizzo conversation for you. Mm, yummy. All right, guys, we got a commercial break coming up. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. 
Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. Oh, right. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. I'm your host, Jim Price. Thank you guys so much for hanging in there. Well, as we continue down this path, guys, there's a couple great things getting ready to happen. I want you to listen to this. I know I'm going to go through the Trump stuff real quick, and I know you guys have already been hearing it. You're hearing the different variations of this and that. But I want you to remember one thing. Trump gets to depose any one he wants in a case like this where he will have subpoena power to pull them in, do depositions under oath, recording with uh, audio and visual, but then we'll also be able to call them to the stand and ask them any questions they want. Now, granted, the judge who's involved with this, this latest one, is the hanging judge. She was actually given an award for the the uh, stern uh, the uh, the highest incarceration rate judge. Basically, she gave more guilty um, sentences with the highest uh, criminal uh, sentences of any judge in D.C. This is not an exaggeration of terms. This is actually this lady is touted as this. She is that's that's she's she's probably got a T-shirt with it made on there. Uh, but anyway, she's obviously doing what she's told in the deep state of things. Now, there's a lot, a lot of stuff coming out, but I think the boomerang effect. Now, listen, I'm going to use the word boomerang, and I want you to remember that word. I think the boomerang effect of this whole thing is going to come back and really not be good for these people. I, I do believe right now it seems like we're falling behind, but I think the legal the legal process of all these things, when this actually starts coming apart, is going to be a huge, huge thing for us. We're going to feel the victories. We're going to feel the... We're going to like, yeah, get him, get him, get him. We're going to enjoy it, right? Now, this is all going to happen in the next 18 months. Between now and next November, this is all going to get worse. Guys, this is, if you think this is bad, you are not even in July of 2024. It is not even in the heat of the battle yet. We're not even through all the primaries. We've got to go through the, the presidential debates. We've got to go through all the rallies and the campaigns and the videos and the and the the flyers and the surveys and all the other stuff, guys. This is the this is the bear. We haven't even fired the starting gun yet, and we really haven't. This is this them prepping up. This is them prepping for the race. They're not even in. This is like they're just getting started. They're lining up at the starting line, and that's it. This is the this is not. It hasn't even begun to go. But here's the thing. This is how stupid this is, and this is how bad we really should be thinking. Um, this all is because 
the DOJ has accidentally leaked the co-conspirators. Oops. Accidentally leaked. Oh, just like we accidentally leaked this, and we accidentally leaked that, and we accidentally leaked this, and we accidentally... It's not an accident. This is all planned, man. These guys, the destruction of a human being, there must be a science behind this. They must... There must be a college class that I didn't know about where you go in, you you practice the destruction of another human being, you know, through sexual, through uh, their ideologies, through what they wore, how they held their fingers, if they did the okay sign because that's white supremacy or whatever the crap they want to come up with. They want to say Masons are ruling the world when you can put in uh, Masonic halls for sale in Google or DuckDuckGo. And you'll find thousands of Masonic lodges being for sale right now. So if they're ruling the world, why are they selling all their assets? Why are they going bankrupt? Why is it that their, their attendance is you know losing? See, again, guys, they got you all wound up. You're not paying attention. You're, you're vibrating at a low frequency when you fall for their traps. But anyway, listen, these are the co-conspirators that, that quote-unquote got leaked. Now, if you leak something, you're going to jail. If you leak something, they're going to sentence your ass. No, no, these people can do this, and it's, oops, sorry, we leaked it. <laughs> oops, oops, sorry. Okay, so number number one conspirator, Rudy Giuliani, an attorney who was willing to spread knowingly false claims and pursuit strategies that the defendant's 2020 re-election campaign attorneys would not. Now, I'm telling you right now, it is all factual. There's no false claims, and to pursue a strategy is what you're supposed to do. Or are you supposed to roll over and concede? You're supposed to give up and give in. Hillary Clinton never has. She's still running her mouth about that stuff. John Eastman, conspirator number two, an attorney who devised and attempted to implement a strategy to leverage the vice president's ceremonial role overseeing the certification process, uh, proceedings to obstruct the certification of the president's election. By the way, it's not a ceremonial role. The vice president has a duty if there is discrepancy in the Electoral College, to send back the Electoral College to the states and have them resolve it, which then the individual state representatives vote who they want those Electoral College votes to go to, and then it is sent back to D.C. If this is actually a process that we were supposed to exercise, and all Pence had to do is say, hey, let's not do this today, guys. Let's send it back to the states, and we'll bring it back for some clarification. There is absolutely nothing unconstitutional about that. In fact, it's in the Constitution that he should do that way, and it's not a ceremonial role. See, this is where they show you how they're using words by using it, calling the vice president's ceremonial role as if it has no leverage, has no – then why is he even there? Why is he even there? We don't do that. There's no ceremonial role. Uh-uh. Everything has a purpose. Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell's co-conspirator number three, an attorney who un, whose unfounded claims of election fraud – the defendants privately and defend the defendants privately acknowledged to others sounded crazy. Okay, this is this is all their documentation from the DOJ. This is what <laughs> Jeffrey Clark, co-conspirator number four, a Justice Department official who worked on civil matters, and then Kenneth Ces- uh, Chesbro, Ches- uh, C H E S E B R O Chesbro, uh, co-conspirator number five, an attorney who assisted in devising and attempting to implement a plan to submit fraudulent sales of presidential electors to obstruct the certification process. And then there's co-conspirator number six, a political consultant who helped implement a plan to submit fraudulent uh, slates of presidential electors and obstruct the certification process. Now, here's what I'm going with. Okay, listen. Think about what they're saying. 
They are saying over and over again in this official DOJ document, as if they have already tried this, they have already gone through all the legal processes to say this, but this is what they're saying, okay? This is what they said over and over again. Remember this. A co-conspirator, a, uh, so the one was a Justice Department official who worked on the civil matters and who the defendant attempted to use the Justice Department to open sham election crime investigations. See, they said sham election crime investigations. Just like Sidney Powell was unfounded claims of election fraud. Unfounded claims of election fraud. What? Who said they were unfounded? See, to me, that's hearsay. But yet they're using this as documentation to say that this is the factual crime. But where do they? Where have they been convicted to say that these people that they that there is actually a court case that has gone through other than the court of public opinion? Please tell me. Please tell me. Please tell me how these claims are unfounded. Unfounded claims of election fraud. You guys, you guys are you guys are pretty savvy. You guys have seen election fraud. I saw election fraud in my own election in 2016. I'm the one that was talking about that stuff back then. I found out about election fraud in 2014, and I told those people, oh, come on now, that's not real. I did. I'm like, man, come on, man. That's that's not, that, we're not, they don't, they're not cheating the election. They, they, there's no way they can do that. I said that in 2014. By the time I got to 2016, and I watched what they did in my election, where I have... All these people who are telling me, man, you're ahead by 30%, you're ahead by 30%, but you won't win the election. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, no, the kings the kings that make the kings around here, the people who tap people on the head for power, they've already made their selections and you're not it. These were, these were exact words said to me. Now, here's my problem, folks. Your Department of Justice is claiming in a legal document in a court of law that says that these are unfounded election claims unfounded please please explain to me how a 120% turnout on election is unfounded election fraud claim please explain that to me guys i want you to slow it down use really small words crayons with bright colors so i i will stay i'll stay focused and i want you to really walk me through how you can have a 120% turnout 110% turnout 150% turnout in some places in philadelphia New York had the same problem. Over 100% of the people turned out. So over, if 120% of the people turned out to a Taylor Swift concert, are they going to let the other 20% in just because they happen to have a ticket that may or may not be factual or accurate? No. No, they're not. They're not going to let those through. We're at capacity. We're 100%. Sorry, you got fake tickets. Sorry, that, does, that scan doesn't work here. See, my problem is, is when you say that it's unfounded, then please explain to me the 120% turnout. I know I keep using 120% as the, as the standard of my uh, uh, example here, but that, that's, don't get caught up in that. That's just what I'm using for now. Because at different counties, different precincts, it was amazing how they had over 100%. Now, on average, statistically, up until about 10 years ago, most elections only had about a 50% turnout on presidential years. 50, maybe 60% turnout. That's total turnout. Now, nationwide. Now, granted, there might be some that are higher and there's going to be some that are lower. But what I'm trying to point out to you, statistically, you talk to any election person who does nothing but election strategies, and you will find out that we don't vote at 100% ever, ever, ever 
even in when there's like 12 people in the town. We don't vote at 100%. It just doesn't work that way. And say that we had 120% turnout of registered voters tells me that that's absolute fraud. And if I can count uh, one county, if I could, listen, guys, listen to me again. I'm going to talk about this. I've talked about this a thousand times. If one county, one vote is inaccurate, then all of us are offended. If one person has not been put into the position of leadership that they were supposed to be, they have. we are all offended. We are all misused. We are all abused. See, that's the difference. All right, guys, we've got a commercial break coming up here on WYSL, Dark Delight Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dark Delight Show. I'm your host, Jim Price, as we go through this last half hour of your second hour. Uh, this is a real thing, guys. Now, listen, there's now there's another 10, there's at least another 10 cases coming on Trump. Now, I know that you guys are like, oh, this is this, you know, this is ridiculous, man. I can't believe they're doing all this. This is what they're gonna ha- they have to. They don't have anything. Okay, listen. If they had the ability to kill him, wouldn't he already be dead? If they had, I mean, guys, I know that they've already tried 20 some different times assassination attempts. There's been assassination attempts even in the paper. They refer to him as a detour and this and that, 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 you know, Trump was delayed. But people don't realize that there's a lot more going on the backside of all that. Now, I want to give you guys some rays of hope. Remember, Biden walks around with marshals, U.S. marshals. And I'm talking about both of them. Hunter and Joe both walk around with U.S. Marshals. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say that over and over again. Uh, it is absolutely a thing. So just, just hang in there, folks. Hang in there. Do not stop fighting. Do not act like we've won this. You have to fight until your last breath. I don't care if we think we got our republic back. You fight for the republic as if you're losing it every single day because this is how we've got here. Because we didn't bother to fight for this like we should have. All right, so that being said, this is a fun little article here. Disgraced former FBI agent and Russian hoaxer Peter Strzok encourages parlay bets on Trump indictment and co-conspirators. Russia, Russia, Russia hoaxer and disgraced former FBI agent Peter Strzok, the guy with the text messages, remember that whole thing where, oh, Trump will never win, we've got the insurance policy and all that stuff? Well, he took to Twitter today to ask advice on betting. Apparently, Strzok wants to know if he should swing for the fence with a four-leg parlay. Yes, people are betting on the upcoming indictments as if they were some sort of a joke. Of course, to someone, formerly, of power, who was to remain unbiased and unpolitical, who co- and who completely and totally misled the American people for years in order to undermine the very man he suggested betting against, is par for the course of the Banana Republic. Now, oh, that was a really long run-on sentence. <laughs> Woo-wee! Uh, so what I'm saying is that you got you got a guy who uh, has vitriol for Trump, and okay, let's say let's say that's fine. That's fine. You want to be mad at Trump? You want to be mad that Dad's telling you what to do? That Dad's going to lead you in a certain direction? That you can't just willfully misuse and abuse people around you? Wow, you know you're, that's what you're mad about because you can't misuse and abuse people. Now, what this article goes on to show is that you know here Peter Strzok he has a fine day for an indictment. Uh, Trump's a given, but would totally hit one of the betting apps for parlays on John Eastman and Jeff Clark. Swing for the fences with a four-leg parlay, uh, throw in Meadows. So he's saying that he's going to have, he wants to bet that Trump 
Eastman, Clark, and Meadows are all going to be indicted, and then he's going to bet on this. There's some, I don't even know where this company is, but there is absolutely a betting, there is actually a betting place to bet on indictments. Wait, I guess if you got the great big stock market, which is just nothing but the largest casino ever known to man, then why wouldn't you bet on this? I mean, this is, uh, we're unable to view the tweets because the account uh, owner limit who can see the tweets. Oh, so Struck has his, Struck has his tweets uh, blinded. Well, that's nice of him. I can't even. I wanted to look at him, Struck. I mean, you, you're a big boy. I want to see what you got going on here. Let's see if it'll let me pull it up this way. Man, that's just another picture of it. Um, so anyway, yeah, Peter Struck, you know, the guy who, remember the evil look he gave? Like he bent his forehead down, you know, and he looked at the camera and he had that grin about him. Remember that whole weird thing he did? Um, Yeah. Anyway, so that's the thing. I don't know, Justin. Did Justin Trudeau just get divorced? Uh, just divorced. Uh, yeah, so it looks like I didn't know they were going through divorce. Well, poor guy. Boy, I really feel maybe I should send him a get well card. No, nah, I'm not going to do that. But anyway, so this whole thing, it says, uh, what is a parlay bet? And it's showing that you can put different people in there and then your your payout on return. Uh, I don't know. What a real, What a really weird situation. Why would you want to do that? Why are you going to bet on people like that? Golly. All right, let's see. Uh, the provable false claim of an insurrection, as the mainstream media loves to chirp, like a mockingbird searching for a mate despite not a single charge of 18 U.S.C. 2383, which is, insur- which is the, what they're trying to use the word for insurrection, uh, was well underway before President Trump was even done speaking. He was over an hour late from his scheduled time. Now, guys, I've talked about that since I was at I was at uh, January 6th. I was on the other side. Uh, I guess it's the Supreme, what they call the Supreme Court side, where they got the driveway and all that. I was on. I wasn't near the scaffolding, and I saw the paid actors. I saw all those things going on. Uh, this <sighs> when I when I remember that they were saying things happened. I remember when I walked down to the Capitol from when Trump stopped talking which is like a 20, 30-minute walk. By the time I got down there, they had already said someone was shot and killed inside the Capitol. So that means that Ashley Babbitt's quote-unquote execution was, and I'm using quotes there on a lot of things on that. I have a lot of lot of information. I have not settled on that whole situation. But anyway, by t- within 30 minutes of me getting there, it had already happened. That means that the quote-unquote timelines of everything they showed you in the Capitol videos that the CBS president put together. By the way, you remember that, that a network president, a former network president, was the producer of all the January 6th footage that was shown in the Capitol building. You know that, right? All the musics and the sounds and all the different things that were said on those. There's no audio on those cameras. Those cameras don't have audio. So for them to be able to say there was audio in those videos, there wasn't. They added the yelling and the chanting and the banging and all that stuff. Guys, this, I do believe that Trump was still talking. I think, I I just, I'm just telling you right now, I do believe Trump knew people were going into the Capitol. I do believe Trump knew that they were going to escort people around. I do believe they were going to shut the the whole Electoral College thing down to try to, to trap Trump. I think he knew this the whole way. I don't think he fell into any trap. I don't think he did anything on accident. And I do believe all these indictments are part of his plan. I do believe that all these indictments are part of his plan. I believe that this is the way of getting these people's laundry out there. Like I said earlier, Boomerang, 
Trump gets to call witnesses. Trump gets to dispose, depose these people. Trump gets them, pull them up on stand if they go to court. Trump gets to pull everybody, everybody, Nancy, Nancy's daughter, Nancy's aide, Nancy's assistants, Nancy's uh, staff that she has, I, uh, even Pence, Pence's staff. Different. Uh, you can then go and get call logs. You can get email logs. You can go get text messages. You can get all that stuff. See, I don't think you guys realize, I do believe that all these indictments are going to do nothing but blow up on them. And Trump's going to stand there and go, okay, now what do you got? Because you guys are playing this way. I get to play this way too. You guys are, you guys are setting up the game. I'm going to play it with you. And that means I get to bring all these people in. Why don't I bring Strzok in? Because obviously Strzok just jumped himself in the middle of all this. Uh, you know, Mr. Strzok, did you actually go out and, and tweet that you were going to parlay more indictments coming down for Trump? Is this, is there a, can you give us the source of your, of your knowledge and where you, ga- you gain this from and why it is that you would want to put money against a president of the United States that they would be indicted? These are the questions that get to be asked. But I don't think people realize that how big this is going to be for them. And by the way, for them to, I, what was that whole on mainstream, the legacy media? Legacy media said, oh, you know, the the only thing that, that Biden, Joe Biden is uh, is guilty of is loving his son too much, who has an alcohol and drug problem. And that, you know, Hunter's trying so hard to, to bring himself around. And, and, you know, we should be, you know, we should be, you know, huddling around with the kumbaya with these guys and making sure that they get the treatment and the help that they need. And, and Joe's such a great father. Now, I'm going to tell you what, guys. I'm a father of four, and my youngest is 28, and I didn't get it right. But I'm going to tell you right now, uh, I'm not coddling my child because he's got a drug addiction or he's got an alcohol problem. In fact, if anything, I'm calling him out on it. And I'm like, hey, do you think, you, you know, we, you know, we got to need to talk about this. This is something we need to do differently. But the, the legacy media is trying to say that, well, this is a caring father who's reaching out and answering the phone calls of his son because, you know, he needs business advice. Well, what business would you, okay, guys, if you had a business, if you're selling ice cream, if you're selling widgets, if you're selling airplanes, are you going to go to Joe and say, Joe, man, you've been around for so long. Can I get some business advice from you? When's the last time you ever thought about, God, I just wish I could ask him a couple questions about business. When can I get a hold of Joey? I mean, this is a, uh-oh, is this the same John? John, are you there? Yeah, Jim. John I the am. Optimist. Uh, <laughs> John the Optimist, that's right. Listen, All right. Uh, I hope you're right in a boomerang theory. Uh, I like I like it. Whether Trump is planning this, plan this or not, it still could result in a boomerang because of uh, what you said as far as uh, deposing these witnesses. Uh, yeah. The thing that really continues uh, and many oh, others it, yeah. is is the fact that and uh, in November, right after the election in uh, 2020, and December, uh-huh. right after the election in 2020, was the hearings in the battleground states uh, on mm-hmm. voter fraud. And they, were, they had hearings, uh, state legislatures, in each of the battleground states. I, I watched a lot of the hearings on C-SPAN, and some other, uh, I can't remember the other uh, networks, uh-huh. I probably watched 25 or 26 hours. And they wow. had 
there were estimates uh, after the fact that there were like 900, um, 900 affidavits and witnesses to various aspects of voter fraud and irregularities. Um, yeah. And that by itself should prove Trump's innocence on this latest indictment. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, absolutely. There's, I, I think a lot of this, once it starts coming out, and we do the O.J. Simpson trial effect, I think the court of a public opinion is going to really change. Because you remember in the beginning, people were like, yeah, O.J., he's wrong. You know, he should have done this and that. But as the trial started going along, you saw the American public really getting behind him and then demonizing the investigators and the DAs and the prosecutors in that case. You remember how that whole thing went? Yeah, I do. In fact, yeah. in fact to this day... I'm not totally convinced he was uh, guilty of those murders. Not 100 percent, anyway. I, I actually believe that as well. I think a lot of that had to do with uh, religious sacrifice within the Hollywood framework and those kind of people that were trying to do certain things to pay uh, for certain things. I, I think that that's. I think we're going to find out over time that a lot of what we've seen were deaths or sa were sacrifices, uh, well, just like with um, uh, Alec Baldwin. Well, that well, that. During the trial, the O.J. trial, and I, I really uh -huh. didn't watch a lot of the O.J. trial, but one of the aspects of the trial that I think probably turned the tables, besides the uh, glove that didn't fit, was, was the uh, testimony by uh, some, some witnesses that Faye Resnick, who was a great friend of Nicole, in fact, they roomed together uh -huh. at that address, uh, she was a... Uh, heavy old cocaine user and owed her drug dealer like 60 grand. And Oops. the theory that was put out by the defense during the trial was that uh, this was, they were trying to get, they were sending a message to Resnick uh, and and other people that uh, that she was the target, Faye Resnick, not the call. Yeah, yeah, and I think that there's a lot of things like that we would come out, but again, we want to focus on OJ, and so we get all screwed up. All right, John, thank you so much for calling in. We've got a commercial break coming up, and uh, we'll be right back in a couple minutes. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Dark Delight Show. Thank you so much for being here, guys. This is, uh, is going to be a slippery slope. There's a lot of weird stuff going on out there. So hang in there. Well, I want to I want to point out something to you guys, and I like looking up definitions of words. And I was reading that article earlier to you guys, and I know that it's I, I was talking about eighteen USC code twenty three eighty three, and I said, well, that you know nobody's been charged with this code in that in that um, in that legal or in in any legal case, right? So I looked it up, and I said, US eighteen US code twenty three eighty three rebellion. Or insurrection. Now wait, hold on a second. Rebellion? You mean I don't like what's going on with my government, so I have the right to redress my grievances with my public servants? Rebellion? I'm rebelling against my public servants, those that should be listening to me. The, the, the republic I live in is not a democracy. See, this is the problem, guys. When they use the dang word democracy, this is what they get away with. They get away with misusing words and misusing you and then getting you guys to fall for traps that you don't belong in. Now listen, rebellion. 
who, um, whoever incites, sets on foot, assists, or engages in any rebellion against the authority of the United States or the laws thereof, or give aid or comfort thereto, shall be fined under the title or imprisoned not more than 10 years or both, and shall be incapable uh, of holding any office under the United States Code. Uh, and so think about this. They're trying to get him on this, but they haven't charged him on this. This is one of the ones that says you can't hold office if this is what you have done. Basically, this is treason. This is treason light. They call it rebellion or insurrection. But re the, 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 re the problem with this is I've looked up the word insurrection in the legal dictionary. It doesn't exist. But yet, we use the word insurrection consistently, and we even use it ourselves. We fall for the trap and use the word insurrection. How dare we, how dare you and I put the resonance of insurrection into the universe? We have to be careful not to use those words. Use words in the same way that you remember the movie Beetlejuice. You remember the movie Beetlejuice? The guy, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, you know, don't say his name, he'll show up. How do you, I really want you guys to believe in the words that you use are the exact same, same thing as Beetlejuice. You don't want the weird guy in the striped suit to show, uh, suit to show up? Don't say his name. If you don't want things to be a negative, then don't say negative things. If you don't want things to be bad, don't say bad things. If you want something, you know, you gotta, you gotta figure out how to turn things into a positive. But because you use the word insurrection for them and they, and they listen to you and they hear it coming back to them, they know they're winning. They know they're winning. But the word is rebellion or insurrection. And so what I would probably have to do is I need to probably go back and look and see where they inserted the word insurrection into that. See, if they inserted the word into this U.S. Code 2383, I don't know when they did it. Because I look on the Internet now and I say, oh, hey, Mr. Internet. Oh, thank you for the uh, looking this up for me. Oh, cool. Um, oh, okay, so you're saying that this is a, uh, this, oh, oh, insurrection. Oh, I get it. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I guess it does exist. But what if it didn't? What if it didn't exist in there before it was bothered to be put in there? And let me see here. Um, I'm trying to find to see if I can see any history on this. But I'm just telling you right now, guys, um, there's got to be, I think there's something else out there. I think it's something that was put in here as uh as a way of churching things up to get, you know create the trap for everything uh so this is a big deal for us we got to be different and we got to be the people that say no we're not going to use that word we're not we're not going to use that we're going to use the word rebellion because we are rebellious we're rebellious against our servants our public servants who don't do what they're told by we the people See, if you don't read the dang owner's manual, if you don't know your constitution, if you don't participate in your republic, then how will you ever know how to exercise in a republic? If you haven't been to a yoga class, do you know how to do yoga? I know how to say the word. No, that's not what I asked. Do you know how to do yoga just because you know how to use the word? No. See, this is the difference. You've got to know what a public is. You've got to practice it. You've got to preach it. You've got to be able to be, re, you know, regurgitate it. And like I said, I'm going to keep talking about this until I hear you guys preaching at me about it. And I'm going to still talk about it because I know, I know how necessary it is to keep the message moving forward, how important the republic really is, not the democracy. Why do you hear, why do you hear Mike Pence saying democracy, democracy, democracy? 
But yet he, in his quote yesterday about Trump and all of his whatevers, he used the word constitution over and over again. But if he knew the constitution, he would know we're not a democracy. So he right there shows his feeble-minded ways that he doesn't actually know unless he does know, and he purposely used, misused those, which sounds more plausible than him actually just miss, you know, happened to say constitution over and over again. See, to me, I think they purposely go out of their way to make sure to keep us off balance. Remember in the very beginning of the show, just two hours ago, that I told you guys, listen, it's about your frequency. It's about your vibration. It's about how you are and who you are, what you are. Flax seed or flax plants, linen clothes make you make you a positive energy in the world. You have an aura about you. This is an absolute fact of science. It's biblical. It's in the Bible. But if you, now one thing they'll tell you is never put wool and linen together because they actually create a negative energy. Wool is fine. Wool is like cotton. It doesn't do anything with your body. It doesn't make it positive. It doesn't make it negative. It just, you're just neutral. But anything made of polyester, anything made out of of rayon rayon or anything that's plastic, oil-based, those take away your frequency. They bring down your energy. They bring down your immune system. They bring you down into a depressive mode. So when I tell you guys about resonance, when I talk about frequency, when I talk about all these things, when I talk about insurrection, the frequency of your words, the vibration of your words going out there, remember how to use these words. Remember the republic. This is a constitutional republic. It's never been a democracy. But they use the word democracy to get you. And the only difference between the definition of democracy and republic is one word. One word. In a democracy, it says elected leadership. In a republic, it says elected servants. Now, you tell me which country you want to live in. And by the way, guys, it's your job to keep preaching the republic until every single human being on this earth is no longer enslaved and imprisoned to bad people. People that are trying to do harm to them. People trying to take their wheel away. See, all I'm doing is fighting for basic human rights. I mean, you guys are like, I'm a, I'm a uh, human rights activist now. I'm an environmentalist now. I'm all these things. But look at the point of view which I'm coming from. I'm trying to set you free. I'm trying to let you use your liberties, your mind, to, do, to think anything you want, to have the freedom of your body to move in, in any way you want, where you want, how you want, and without anybody limiting you. What could you be if your frequencies were actually positive frequencies? What would you do if you weren't bombarded with all this negativity? What would you do? What would you be? How great would you be? How tall would you be? How how amazing would you be if you weren't being held down with all of these horrible ways that they treat us today? What would you be? How great would this world be if we were actually positive with each other and did things for each other that actually made us all better? Let me give you something before we close out the show today. And I know that we've uh, we've known each other for a while. We've all talked, right? We, you know, we've done a few phone calls here, meet and greets, email, stuff like that. This is what I do on my show at the end of every show I do on my daily update. And I'm getting ready to do another show. Uh, uh, but anyway, this is the one I do. When I do my own personal one, this is just what I do. I say at the end of the show, I said, remember, guys, the 10% you do for your neighbor, your county. I'm sorry, your neighbor, community, city, county, state, the federal government, the more you do for them. Let's have to do for you. Learn how to be selfless and not so damn selfish. There will be a far, far better place. Remember, hold the line. Hold fast. Do not give up. Do not give in. We will win. I promise. I don't make promises I can't keep, guys. You've always been the answer. Remember, the Constitution limits the government, but never limits you. You've always been the answer. 
always, always, always. All right, guys, thank you so much for everything you guys are doing out there on the Dark Delight Show and WYSL. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye.